0: Austin 316
1: says I just whipped your ass And hey,
0: what's the gonna do? It doesn't matter
1: how you're doing Woo! Wheel of dealing Living this life jet flag! Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut the hell up You don't know what hard times are, daddy The a will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yeah I do human rubble
2: What up, what up? Welcome to episode 99 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. And how appropriate, our Wayne Gretzky episode falls on such an awesome time. (laughs) We just got off of All Out uh, this past Sunday. We had our prediction show a few days before that, so we're going to see who King Booka is tonight. But we're also coming off our high from the Matt Michelson-Becky Ross wedding that took place the day before on Saturday. We got a new married man on the podcast, and we'll get to introducing the fellas real quick, but we're going to start with my guy first, who's over in Glendale, a guy who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? How are you?
3: Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, <laughs> Colt Cabana.
2: Yeah, baby.
3: <laughs> I don't know why I
2: thought of him. There's no reason to in the last couple of days. Well, it's probably the only guy if he was uh in the back he might have came to cm punk's aid (laughs) right Mm could have gotten real wild back there you could say that all right well let's talk to the married man himself he is newlywed freshly squeezed his name
4: is matt michelson what up matt how are you that's right i'm newlywed and that wedding was simply glorious (laughs)
2: yeah yeah And these two not only just had a kick-ass ceremony, it was beautiful. It was probably one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever seen. Uh, Overlooking Lake Michigan, there was kite surfing in the back, which was just amazing, beautiful (laughs) weather. But these guys, when it was time for the reception, actually came in to
4: Bobby Roode's Glorious, which was an awesome touch. It was a blast, and shockingly, it was Becky's idea, not mine nice that's great you gotta keep us really love you
2: yeah that's great congrats to you both
4: so does it feel uh do you feel 10 pounds lighter now that this wedding is done with thanks man um no i actually feel 10 pounds heavier because all we've been eating the last few days is leftovers from catering so no oh, i bet <laughs> yeah.
3: and that was some um, damn good food thanks it, yeah, oh yeah it
4: totally was it's still damn good even a couple days later but um, yeah, Becky actually cooked today on a Tuesday for the first time in the last few days. Um, so well, it was nice. Wife some... if I
2: mean, she should be doing that. Right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> some would Just argue,
4: kidding. uh, it was nice. <laughs> some having would vegetables. Argue. It was nice having vegetables for the first time in days. So I'll say that. Great. I think it was,
3: it was also the first wedding I've ever attended where there was a what chant.
4: <laughs> yeah. For those of our <laughs> listeners, um, yeah. You know, I was fortunate enough to have the Keep the Kayfabe boys uh, there. Uh And you put us all and, together. Yeah, in spirit and uh in cheers as well. So Grand March happens. Um Becky and I come walking out to a You Still Got It chant, which, I mean, I don't know how I could still have it when I just got married five minutes earlier. But, hey, yeah, I'll take a wrestling chant at any wedding all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then later in the night, you know, we're giving speeches, stuff like that. I just wanted to give a quick thanks to everyone for coming and obviously to Becky for being so amazing and planning everything. And as I'm starting to give my speech, I, I start getting wudded by the Keep the Gayfabe boys. Um, I genuinely did not know if the microphone wasn't working, but but after the second or third chant, I uh, put two and two together and realized who was chanting it. So it made a lot more sense at that point. But uh, yeah, I totally understand now why WWE hates when the fans go "what." Um, oh yeah, yeah. So that was but, so funny. Very funny in hindsight. Uh, had it happened any more than it did, I probably would have lost it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Our wives and girlfriends were very pissed at us for doing that. We almost <laughs> started doing it during like the your parents speeches
3: (laughs) well that's what killed us because it was like that like what a heel thing that would be to do it was like just the thought of doing it we would have never done it like just was cracking us up like you know like your mom's talking we're just going what (laughs) it was like when mr t T was like praising his mother and stuff and they started wedding him
4: i could just picture it man has always been good with computers what what Woodworking, what? what? <laughs> Dude, we shut up! Damn it, oh perfect. Gaming all my hobbies and interests, and just gets a what chant. Well, it was oh so funny God. because
2: Steve is the one that told Charlie, and then Charlie was the one that told me. So, so it played like a game of telephone, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea!" So
1: <laughs> I, I started
2: it, and then Charlie, when you got the mic, he's like, "Do it again! Do it again!" <laughs> I, no, I don't. It was so funny. I haven't laughed so hard. I had so much fun sitting with the boys and seeing yeah, you get fun. such a fun, fun wedding. Good it job was. to you both. And uh, all the best going forward. But, uh, yeah, we got to get to some wrestling talk here, though, because we just saw a doozy. Uh, uh, me and Charlie actually got to see it in well, who's, person. Wait, and...
3: who is this fourth person? Is yeah, this is
4: Charlie you mentioned. The we... person we... zooms
1: keep going crashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: It's because the is. regime the regime, doesn't want to hear what you have to say tonight.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm such a loser friend. I'm so sorry. I forgot to. It's all good. No I worries. forgot to introduce my ride or die partner down on the All Out. Oh my God! Charlie <laughs> Michael. How are cool. you? This evening, man? Pretty good.
1: Glorious. Though I won't <laughs> give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. I will defend. <laughs> I will defend. <laughs>
3: So nice. good. The so it's been
4: stuck in my head for four days. That's my intro. Best time of your life. Super it
2: was. fun. But yeah, anyway, like I was saying, me and Charlie got a chance to go down the all out and see the spectacle that was all out uh this past Sunday. I mean, it is truly wrestling nerd heaven down there. Yeah. You get to see just people from all walks of life, all different parts of the country converge on this place. I mean, there's people tailgating in the parking lots. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. There's a line out the door so you get to see everybody's T-shirt, who they're repping. It's seriously literally like my favorite weekend now on the calendar just because
1: we're so lucky that it's
2: close. Yep, and we're so close to uh, Schomburg. It is the easiest drive. There's a bunch of great stops along the way, uh, which me and Charlie did. Um, <laughs> and it and it changed everything.
3: <laughs> oh, oh you guys you guys got some you guys got some uh deep
2: dish pizza? Sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> well kind of, some mac and cheese <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't elaborate on it too much because I I got a cat in the house tonight, but um I let's just say I am a new man. And uh, <laughs> telling you, that
3: Giordano's is the, is that's where it's at, man.
1: Since you've never been, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like a shout zombie out, going in there. Shout
1: out to Revolution, the company. They do a really good job with their mac and cheese. Yes.
2: absolutely, absolutely. Oh, nice. And uh, shout out to the Greek restaurant that served this oh, well yeah. I forget good what it stuff. was called.
1: Uh, little, little Grecian Greece or something? Inn. Little Grecian Inn or something. Little Greek Inn. It's definitely a place to head oh. again. It was really so- good. Well, somewhere somewhere
2: you, you can... can
4: get some... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, you know, if you guys can't think of the name of it, that's fine. We'll find out again in a year when Charlie gets another one year ago. You were in this place. Remind uh-huh. um, me. hmm that's I mean, how we ended I up finding be, out what the I'm, Mexican restaurant was from last year at All Out.
1: Yeah, chances are I'll oh. be down there. Chances are I'll be down there before then.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, me too.
3: Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was that good.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So me and Charlie hit up some uh, some Greek food. And actually, everybody. Classic. What's going Pro tip for everybody out there going to All Out. It's a very long show. You're seeing 14 Five. matches. It's around yeah. six hours. And yeah. I mean, it, depending on where you park, it might be hard getting out. What we did, yeah. we bought a, a nice Greek, uh, you know, clean, fresh food, ate it in the parking lot, get a nice base. I yeah. wasn't hungry at all for the whole show. But nope. where we really hit the home run is you got to get that little side sandwich for yeah. to put in the After. cooler on the way home. And that saved our lives for the drive home because yep. it's, it's a, a Sunday hate. weekend. You don't know what's open. Saved our lives. So, pro tip yep. for everybody going to All Out get a little snack and keep it in the cooler for the ride home. Yep. You'll then think you can watch- more for later.
1: Because all the guys who, paid, who bought chairs, who bought the ringside seats, walk out with their chairs and yeah. all kinds
2: yeah. of shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, watch the freak show.
3: Um, yeah, exactly. did, did you guys happen to bump into Glenn? No, nope. not
2: nope. this year. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he made it. Um, if Alvarez actually, he he probably got banned from last year if he was sitting next to Alvarez or whoever he claimed he was sitting next to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. They might have banned. Well,
3: him. you know, there was some really. There was some Brian, awesome.
1: Brian was there ringside.
3: There was some great violence on um, Sunday night, and also the pay per view.
2: Yeah, truly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get to that story because I didn't have a lot of time to read all the details, but I mean it is dry. Charlie and Sydney I have you covered w. <laughs> Yeah. Beautiful. And little um oh I'll save it for when we get to that match. We should probably get into this match uh into the matches and start running these down. So, like I said, this took place on Sunday. It is the best show. Uh seats were pretty good. Uh there's not a bad seat in the house, crowd was lit. Uh, the pre matches went on as expected, winners were as expected, but probably the shout out that we do need to give is to Eddie Kingston and Ishii when during Oof. that Chop Fest. My God. Oh my god. I've never seen men's chest look like that after I mean, they probably chopped each other five hundred and fifty times apiece. piece. <laughs> it
3: Insane. was brutal. It was yeah. It
2: looks, what illegal. more can
3: you say? I mean God. I can't imagine I, how you'd feel that like after that.
2: Yeah, and I was and I was numb, and their chests had to have been numb too. So uh, thanks for putting on that brutal, violent display, Eddie and Ishii. So let's get to these matches now. We always pick who, uh, what match we think is going to lead off. None of us got it this year. Uh, they actually opened up with a seven man ladder match with the Joker being the last entrant. Um, we all picked MJF to be the Joker. We picked MJF to win, and evidently, it it, it was kind of crazy because the Joker did come out and it was wearing a mask. I wasn't convinced that it was MJF was. right off the bat. Once Charlie I saw the was. Walk,
1: I knew.
2: Yeah. Well, Steve, that, did you have a yes? Was? I
3: I was pretty positive, and I think for two reasons. One, just the way he kind of yeah, like he moved and did that mm-hmm. little spin and all that stuff, but also. Yeah. And I, I, I can't claim that this hit me immediately, but pretty soon after when you think about it, it's like he had that whole thing where he quoted and actually they showed it later, but he quoted uh punk from the past about like the devil and all that. I mean, it hmm. was just too perfectly done that he would essentially come out to um, sympathy or the sympathy devil. for the devil and then have the mask on. It was it was yeah, it was just crazy like foreshadow or. I guess what's the opposite of foreshadowing backshadowing <laughs> Like like yeah. to retrospect the retrospect. So, yeah, I was fairly convinced I couldn't. Plus, I just I mean, anybody else that showed up at that point, if it would have been somebody else at the end of the night would have been nothing but a letdown. It's like they had they or not. They had to go with MJF. I mean, it was almost mm. too logical.
2: Totally.
4: Did you think it was MJF, Matt, when you saw this mask? I did. Um, I I felt like when he came out to Sympathy for the Devil, I mean, I didn't really put two and two together with the Devil references and everything. I think, though, what really cued it off for me is the AEW paying, how much money do you think it would have been to license that song from the Rolling Stones? They're not just mm-hmm. going to waste that kind of money on anyone. They're going to spend oh, it on. good call. I you know, something that, that. that they really want to put over. And what's been more over over the last year than the feud between MJF and CM Punk. So I think it's a perfect timing. I think we all predicted this, partly because I couldn't really think of anyone else that should be in that position for the title. And with it back on Punk now, I, MJF's the obvious choice. It, they've had two matches before. It makes sense to set up a third and final match, hopefully, between these two to make a trilogy of it. And it'll be for the AEW Championship, which is even cooler.
2: Mhm. Great great breakdown there too buddy uh yeah this match i mean i love the opener selection i mean there was some kind of bad spots in there i mean claudio was trying to do something with andrade on the ladders that didn't look like it went off as planned oh and those, then that was these... wicked
1: though those are wicked some of those ladder shots yeah dude, uh, oh, that oh shit for was sure wicked dude
2: well those are kind of to be expected in a seven man ladder aw leadoff, but I, d- I didn't think it was very perfect yeah, no, I, don't get me wrong. I thought it was good, but, you know, I thought it was just a little disjointed a little bit. Uh, yeah, if, but, if, uh, I were,
3: if I were to sum it up, I would say I think um, it by no means was, like, the best ladder match. That's not a knock on it. But I also think, like, that match served a different purpose with the whole MJF thing. It was like, right? It's not. nobody's ever going to remember the match it's itself. You're going to remember the exactly. finale,
4: what happened. I agree. Right. There were some crazy spots in this match, but it didn't stay too long. Um, which I thought was a good thing, just long enough for everybody to do something cool. And then for MJF to come in and spoil the party. Um, the other thing that I thought was really cool about this was Stokely Hathaway ended up being the one <laughs> on the top of the ladder to do it. And you're like, wait, him? Wait, what? Why? Yeah. And you see, but then you start to see the other characters in the ring, like W. Morrissey mm-hmm. and just all these obscure references to guys that MJF has had in his storylines right. throughout the past. And in that moment, that's when I knew it was MJF, just kind of putting two and two together. And I, I will really want to put over Stokely Hathaway being the guy because for months now, I feel, we've seen him go around trying to recruit people. And it, you wonder, like, what kind of undercard crap is this? But right, freaking Total brilliant undercard. of MJF. Like, well, I'm not on TV, so I'm going to slowly build up a presence and put myself in a position that when I come back I'm ready to go and I'm taking the title and it almost
2: makes you like want to go back and watch those moments when he was handing out the cards because Mm -hmm. they're so important now it's like wow he was really assembling his team right under our noses and we were just like oh I just this seems just like you know just a classic WCW and old whatever yeah throwaway you know drama so Yeah, he's back. Um, Tomorrow is Dynamite. Cannot wait to watch. Uh, It's going to be incredible. But we all scored two points on that for guessing the Joker and the winner. Uh, Let's move it along to the trios championship match. It was the Dark Order and the Elite. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, Let's see what the matches were here. Uh, Charlie picked the Elite and... um, he also picked the Dark Order and went on the Rampage match, as did Matt. I initially picked the Best Friends. I'm glad I kicked out of that. Uh, and I chose the Elite, and I had the Dark Order winning. Stupid of me. But uh, Steve actually had Dark Order going all the way. There were moments at that when, when John Silver actually almost reversed the One-Winged Angel, and the crowd legit thought that was the oh, moment. Oh, yeah. That was so well yeah, was done. So well yeah. done. Insane. Okay. That was... That was an awesome, awesome spot, but the Dark Order weren't close enough. The Elite ended up winning, so uh, Charlie, Matt, and I both scored two points, and Steve scored one there. So, yeah, now we got the Bucks and Kenny as the trios champs. Pretty much the creme of the creme, cream of the crop. They're running this uh, belts. I mean, what kind of story are we going to see here? I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. There's a ton of great stables and trios and... Um AEW, so it's going to be good, but the match itself I thought was pretty great uh, oh, yeah. for a follow-up match to the to the uh, seven-man ladder. Did anybody have any want to comment on this one? No, I agree. I
3: think it was a great match, and it just showed, I mean, yeah, I guess in hindsight that was a bit of a wishful thinking or reach of my part that Dark Order was going to win. However... That man, you know, it's like the greatest matches, even when it seems maybe obvious who's going to win. They got you in those moments like you brought up, like uh Johnny Hungy, like reversing the one wing and age. like it started to feel mm-hmm. like, holy crap. And it's it was gonna happen. very close. And the crowd that was, was so just close. so excited. Um, And I thought it was a perfect just the, you know, the the hard luck that hangman page can have of course he buckshot lariats his own guy in the final moment so Mm -hmm. what they do with that'll be interesting because he kind of dissed the dark order at first he's dissed them once or twice in the past but then he showed up and then he clothes lines up i don't know i mean those guys have been loyal to him so much but is this the final straw something gonna break break up the dark order i don't know that'll be fun yeah
4: I, i agree um i honestly couldn't Recall or tell you a single spot from this match, but I was really happy with the match as a whole. um It was really well done. I I was really curious how AEW was thinking of topping the match between the Elite and then Will Osprey and Aussie Open because I mean, my God, how do you just top any match with Will Osprey? But I think this match did a pretty good job of it. I I never really thought the Dark Order was going to win just because I couldn't envision like how do you believably sell that to the fans. Um, especially bring, when they've just been, back been jobs. Right. Yeah, exactly. So so as a whole, I think it was the right choice. Really excited for the trios division. There's so many good teams that the elite mm. can immediately go up against. So this division Great. basically created itself just with you know some of the booking and the way that they've um, created these factions throughout AEW. So um, really good match, really good storyline going into it, and it leaves you excited to see the next phase of it.
2: Yep. Yeah, we got it's it's great. It's a great belt. Um, we got great champs. We got callous in tow. What could go wrong? So, um, also too about this match that I noticed when I go to these wrestling matches live, which is not very often. It's every once in a while. I, I'm I say to myself every time whenever I see a big guy, it's like, damn, that guy is so much bigger in person. Even we were up in the upper deck, and now Kenny Omega is becoming one of those people. Like he just looks way bigger in person than he in looked the past. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's in better shape than uh, before he went into his injury break. He came out looking great. He's going to be a stud, and this is a great belt to be creative and have fun with his boys. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, we'll move along here to the next one. It was Jay Cargill versus Athena for the TBS Championship. We had all picked Jade to be the winner of this one. Matt Michelson did not. He must have been too busy with the wedding something must have distracted him. But um no. Jade Jade ended up retaining once again.
0: Go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, True.
4: that that's a really good point, Charlie. I kind of was thinking that after the fact. Probably could have used my kickout on this one, but man, um as far as the match itself but it sucked, I thought. Um, Jade Cargill was exposed within a couple minutes. Uh, there was just a lot of moves that you could tell Athena was wanting to do where Jade just did not know how to cooperate with her. So, yeah, it was overall kind of a forgettable match. I, to your point, Charlie, I don't think they've put enough focus on Athena. You bring her in, she's clearly a really great wrestler, and then you don't use her in that way. Um, Yeah, just really disappointing overall. But... Jade extends her streak, just creates even more mystery around who do you think is actually going to take that title off her. I know Chris Statlander's injured right now. She was the obvious choice, I think, prior, but for whatever reason, AEW, you know, for her being an AEW original, they just don't want to push her. I don't get it. But yeah, this match ended with Jade continuing to, you know, have this undefeated streak, which how credible it is, not... Too much but it is a thing um it is kind of exciting so we'll see what's up next for her right yep so
2: the she-hulk thing kind of weird wasn't feeling it i don't know how it looked on tv but in the stands it was kind of weird i honestly couldn't wait for this match to end uh so we could get to this next one um if there was Somebody to throw out there after Athena and Jay Cargill, I think it's smart to put FTR out there to get the crowd reignited, have Wardlow in tow uh, versus a fun group, the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. They had Sanjay Dutt in there. They had uh, the huge guy, Saddam Singh. Um, But the FTR match in the intro, um, Dax's daughter, who just beat cancer, comes out, feel good moment. It's awesome. What a moment you know it's the biggest yeah it's at the biggest pay-per-view of, uh you know in their federation so it's just that was awesome really great to see we all picked ftr and wardlow to win this no doubt about it um wardlow yeah he's a beast he he, he uh, suplexed or uh did the symphony crowd loved it crowd was Definitely on FTR side. They are so hot right now. It's not even funny seeing them in person now. It's a whole different thing at a big pay per view. Um, but yeah, did you guys need to elaborate on this one, or um, should we keep her moving? I think we can keep
3: it moving, but real quick, I just want to say, I I was less, I, I could have given a shit about that match when they brought it in, right? But mm-hmm. I thought it over delivered, if nothing else, because of the cool moment with his daughter. I don't think exactly. anybody walked away disappointed in that match, so they made the most yep. of it.
2: Yeah, it was almost kind of like damage control. It's like, oh, do we rush into this booking? Uh, I, but I, I mean, maybe that was the intent the whole time to to have this match. Maybe. FTR wasn't—I don't know. Who knows? I'm not even going to speculate. But anyway, the nice thing was we all got a point on this one, and then even the greatest thing was what came next. It was Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks' match, and <laughs> I was the lone person that picked Will Hobbs to Damn, win this I match. Know. That's crazy. How about that? I couldn't believe everybody. That. Yeah, everybody had picked Ricky Starks, and rightfully so. The kid is super, super hot right now. And I didn't think uh, Jungle Boy was going to lose, so I knew there was going to be some heel victory happening at All Out. And I thought this is the perfect sneaky pick um, because everybody's like, Starks is so hot. But honestly, Will Hobbs is ready to go. They just need to throw the dog bone. And by the way, this is what I was going to bring up during the intro. If you remember when the boys and I we recorded a show and we comment about how there was like a Will Hobbs Jr. ringside in the corner <laughs> at AEW Dynamite in Milwaukee with Little Darby, it looked like his little brother. He was there again. Yeah, he I... was There, he was there again. And, yep. Wow. And, yep. and and he was wearing like Danhausen face paint. I didn't see the little guy with him, but he yep. was definitely wearing the overalls. And he did get the phone out when Will Hobbs's match was going on. So I really gotta think he's related to Will Hobbs in some way, and maybe the thing is it's like, hey, we'll travel the uh, U.S. together. You can come to every show. The security guy was probably like, you can stand right next to me. But this kid, literally, I want his life.
0: <laughs> like, interesting. You get to see...
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely him. I'd love to know the story and, and find out who that kid is someday. But anyway, let's get back to the important stuff here. Will Hobbs ends up beating Ricky Starks. It wasn't a very long match. I don't remember uh, nope, exactly how it long not. it was, but it was brief. So that's what made it even more surprising. Um, But yeah, Will Hobbs finally
4: got a bone. Were you guys surprised? I was very, very surprised. Um, I think it was more surprised by the length of the match than anything. And also the result, obviously, um, I mean, how often in pro wrestling do you see a spine buster win a match? That really okay. caught me by surprise. It was surprise. a damn
3: good spine buster, too.
4: It was. Right. Um, I was mainly shocked, though, because Ricky Starks comes out in this hot new gear with, like, kind of a cool-looking entrance. You, you yeah, could yeah, tell Usually they're... he's wearing trunks,
2: too, so exactly. he's doing something new. Right,
4: and you can tell they've elevated him a little bit as far as his presentation. So right away I'm thinking, all right, this match is going to kill it. These guys are going to do a great job. We're going to see Ricky Starks hopefully win here. But no, powerhouse Hobbs, which is kind of surprising. I forget where I heard this, but somebody was talking about how potentially Hobbs would be a really good challenger now at this point for the TNT title. Should be which mm-hmm. I think would be amazing. Him and Wardlow mm-hmm. in the ring together, I think that would actually be an interesting match where it wouldn't be Wardlow just powerbombing a guy five times in three minutes and ending it. Right. I think they'd go the distance. Um, as far as Ricky Starks, I don't think he suffered anything in losing no. this match, honestly. Fans are still so behind him. Right. It is interesting how they picked, chose to do the result. Um, maybe deep down they're really thinking of pushing Hobbs but Starks gets a rub from it as well. I, I don't know. But overall, yeah, I was shocked by the result. I th- I don't think you could have gone wrong either way, actually, now that I saw what happened, but yeah, definitely caught me by surprise. Absolutely.
2: I think there, there really was no crowd reaction in the building when it happened. I think everybody was kind of stunned, maybe because it was the middle and they kind of wanted to see a more interesting matchup because, I don't know, it's not like will hobbs is super super over with the fans like the acclaimed are or FTR or anything like that um but i do think he deserves he's young he's fit he's worked really hard he's putting in the time i think they should use him i mean i think they might be surprised so but let's get on to this next one this was probably the most anticipated match in the building uh other than the main event and maybe the trios match it was swerving our glory versus the Acclaimed sure. for the tag titles uh pretty much everybody and their mom was all about having uh the acclaim take these titles off of Swerve in Our Glory. The chance uh that we're running so through the crowd fun.
1: So fun, dude.
2: So for Swerve in Our Glory were quickly overturned to the acclaim, <laughs> the best being Oh Swerving <laughs> Our Glory was overturned immediately, maybe after three or four chance to oh, scissor, oh, scissor me, me, dad, dad. It
1: nice. So, <laughs> it was so fun, dude. It, it was came like,
4: out of nowhere, dude. And it came <laughs> Everybody through on. Was doing it. Yeah, it came through on TV too. And I, for a second, I'm like, wait a minute, did that chant just change? And you could just see <laughs> yeah. the smiles on all the fans' faces. Ah, oh, like, the place is electric,
1: there. dude. Electric.
2: This was probably the best match of the night. Oh, looking okay. back to, at it, to I agree. me, it was. I agree they gave, at home. Yep. And it wasn't because the acclaim were so over there. Were, it, it was they well, uh, they got time. They gave mm-hmm. them time for this too, yeah. which was which an is, awesome yeah. treat. So that shows great trust in the acclaim. Uh, and they executed their, their story to perfection. The yeah. crowd was, was on the great. edge of their seat. There's probably six, seven, eight false finishes in this where it could have gone either way. And the crowd was just so into it. Daddy ass played a huge role in it too. Yeah, so good for he him. The crowd. Uh, but we all picked Swerve in Our Glory, except for Steve. Charlie. Dun, dun,
1: dun. I kicked. Charlie out.
2: did pick the Acclaim. He kicked out. Went with Swerve. I mean, like I said. I mean, we talked about it in our prediction show. I want nothing more but all the success for the Acclaim. I just think Swerve and Our Glory needed. You know, to defend, have a great match on a pay per view just out of respect, you know, because they are the champs and they just haven't had a lot of uh, defense to it. But wow, what a match this was. This was so, so fun. It was easily the most fun match that I've seen in a long time.
4: You guys? Yeah, it's interesting. You guys were talking about how exciting and electric it was in the building. I was shocked by how into this match the crowd was. Um, not because it wasn't a great match, don't get me wrong. They definitely earned it. Um, but at the same time, you've got, in my, in my opinion, and some of our listeners out there might disagree with me, if you do, hit us up in the comments or shoot us an email, keep the KFA 414, I'll talk to you about it all day. But it's interesting how Keith Lee and Swerve, to me, are very mid-card tag team champions. Um, And you have them going up against a hot act, but still considerably, you know, a mid-card act at that point. But this match, you would have sworn that this was the main event based on how the crowd was treating it and just how electric it was. Um, And he claimed, I mean, they were doing some pretty average wrestling moves, I would say, for most of it, but everything delivered so effectively and was timed so well. Like, the crowd was just popping the whole time. Um, And, you know, like... I believed that the acclaimed were actually going to win maybe halfway through the match just based on how hot the crowd was. But again, one of those things where with AEW, there's always thought put into who's going to get the belts at one point in time. And if you don't know for a fact going into it that it's going to be a new champion, it's probably not going to be. So in this case, that's what we saw. Swerve and Keith Lee held on to the titles, but you got to believe that the acclaimed are in position for a title reign here in the near future.
2: Most definitely. I thought they, like I said, they did their job so well. They handled the pressure. Uh, this was their shining moment. They built themselves up so hot, uh, leading up in rampage, uh, all those weeks. Then they moved them the dynamite to do their thing. They were killing it there. I mean, they they take advantage of every situation they are given. And I think that's what it takes to be a champion is seize your moment. And they did that. Um, but that was good. Um, it was a great match. Uh, we all got points except for Steve. Sorry, Steve. Uh-huh. I love the pick. But, yeah, unlucky there. So, to move along to the next match, it would have been the... I think the women's match. Yes, it's Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm for the AEW women's title. Um, We had a stipulation, and Matt, I'm so sorry. We meant to ask you at the wedding who was going to get the pin. Uh, We all picked Tony Storm to win, but the stipulation was who was going to take the pin from her. We meant to ask you when you submit your picks. You didn't have the penny. So I'm sorry you couldn't earn an extra point. I actually did earn an extra point. And it was, uh, I thought Tony was going to pin Hater. Um, This was a pretty good match too. I mean, Hakaru left halfway through. I was like, Charlie, there goes your extra point because he had picked Hakaru Shida uh, taking the job. Uh, she comes back with some kendo sticks. They're whipping each other. Pretty good match. And uh, I don't know if it translated on TV, but the crowd is super, super behind Jamie Hader. rightfully so i totally
3: came across there were chants left and right yeah
2: yeah we uh i mean i was actually really surprised i i mean i've been enjoying her and 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 her wrestling i wanted her to win that but i just don't think she's um you know champion ready tony storm is that person she's a pro she's in the probably the best shape of her life she looks focused so she'll be a great champ but again it's like how long is it or like What's the value in it in this women's division that keeps getting kind of riddled with injuries and we kind of see the same old, same old. So um, any thoughts
4: on this match, boys? No, Mike, I think you said it really well. Uh, you know, with with all the injuries that have been going on, um, especially in the women's division, the room at the top of the women's division for championship material is pretty thin right now i think and to your point yeah tony storm's totally the person to take that position it did come across on tv though that the crowd was behind jamie hater as was i um she came out in new gear which made her instantly look more like a star than she has before um yep. and, and that alone to me was i think what was missing from her act up to this point so that was really cool to see um, and then we saw the moment in the match where Britt Baker went for the pin on Jamie Hader. So now we know that there's going to be some animosity there between those two. Hopefully, we see Jamie Hater break away and start to do. Yeah, that. that was
1: great. That was a good key point in the match. It was a too. nice
4: way to do it. Too. Yeah,
1: yep. like oh, we popped for that. That that part was fun.
4: Totally. So Absolutely. We'll we'll see where it goes from here. Um, honestly, I have zero emotional investment in the women's division in AEW in any way at this point, but it is cool to see if they do follow through on it and we start to see some interesting stories develop here, that would be great. And I'll totally be up for it. Um, but I'll wait until we see it. Yeah.
3: I don't have much to add other than that. yeah, it was a perfectly solid match. I've, I've been kind of lukewarm to the women's division. To me, the star of the match was Jamie Hader, And I'm like, yeah, Tony storm deserved it. I think, you know, Oh, 'll take, sure. yeah, but that being said, I'm particularly excited to see what they do with Jamie Hayter.
2: I feel like she's the person that they need to build out of any other person in that division totally it, they need to ride her for sure, and um, I think she'll deliver she she's got she's improved everybody's talking about how Jade Cargill has been improving so quickly, but all the attention uh is on her and people aren't taking as much notice except for the fans in attendance there and many people that listen to keep the kayfabe because you know we're fans of jamie so let's go Mm. awesome so i'm feeling pretty good i mean i got that will hobbs pick uh snuck that in there i got the double um points with the women's match but this was the match that i was kind of nervous about it was the christian cage match versus jungle boy Between us fellas, um, the picks for this were split. Me and Matt had picked Jungle Boy to win. Steve and Charlie picked Christian to win. Um, And I stated before, I think this is where stories uh, end and new stories begin. Is that all out? I thought this Luchasaurus, Christian, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus' alliance with. I thought it was going to be case closed. Apparently it is not. Christian takes it over Jungle Boy with his family ringside. And um, I was, yeah, I was pretty shocked. But that's only because I picked Jungle Boy. I thought this, there's no way. I thought this story was done. Jungle Boy's going to make a nice little run at something, move on to something new. But Charlie, you called it. It is not over.
1: I knew the feud wouldn't be over.
2: Right. So you weren't surprised at all.
3: I don't know if they confirmed it, but it sounds like Christian's still injured so maybe yeah, I heard he
1: was hurt that's why the match was short
2: yeah oh really yep. and why luchasaurus carried a lot of the yep beat Probably down yeah bumps. Yep. did what's the uh problem with christian i christian i haven't heard anything about it you know the injury or i haven't heard no i hadn't know i did because
3: i didn't know before i didn't know going into it he was really hurt so i mean um I don't know. I don't know if it's legit his arm. I don't think so, because he did the, his finisher and all that.
2: But, uh, yeah. He, pr- he probably doesn't disclose it before a big match, because like in hockey, they kind of they hide it. They say it's an upper or a lower body injury, so his opponents can't capitalize on the there injury. There you go. They don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, this match... It it didn't get a lot of love online, um, but Luchasaurus is still a heel. Uh, there was a moment of embrace between Christian and Lucha uh, at the end. So it looks like those two are going to be boys, um, depending on Christian's injury. We'll see where the story goes. But Matt, sorry, buddy. We both dropped one. Congrats to Steve and uh, Charlie for sniffing this one out. Word. So now... Brian Danielson versus the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. This is a match that none of us got right. We (laughs) were so damn.
1: Yeah,
2: Daniel and we should have. Because, you know, Chris Jericho has a history at this pay-per-view and pay-per-views in general. And Daniel Bryan should just crush Chris Jericho when it comes to wrestling, just because how great he looks um as of late. And um it came through live, and it probably came through on TV. The match was super slow. I really wasn't interested. I mean, this is probably the 10th or 13th match that we've seen at this point. Uh, so the crowd's getting a little, you know, we're, we're kind of ready for the big stuff coming. And we thought this was going to be big, but it was very slow. Uh, obviously, Chris Jericho couldn't you know, keep pace with Brian Danielson. So I think Brian Danielson changed his tempo for this match. There was moments of explosion and um that's when the crowd got into it, but then they would go back into submissions and then people had to rev themselves up with clapping and chanting. So yeah. But when it was all said and done, Chris Jericho ends up beating Brian Danielson in this one. So were you guys bored with this one or did you like this match? What were your thoughts and feelings?
3: I thought it was Fine. I mean, like, you know, you come to expect Brian Danielson can do anything and make anybody look good. I mean, hell, that Jake Hager match I thought was pretty darn good. Um, And Jericho has been rock solid, but I don't know. I don't know if I was getting fatigued, but yeah, just to me, like, you know, considering it was two all-time greats facing, it was good, but not great. And I mean, I'm not horribly upset by the ending, but I was also really surprised by it. I'd be interested to know where they go from there. Obviously, there's the whole Garcia thing, and I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's unexpected, but maybe they did that for the sake of it. And obviously, this
4: Garcia story is the main main event of it, totally. Mike, you mentioned moments of explosion in this match. I feel like there were more moments of explosion in my wedding reception than in this match, <laughs> um, it, right? It definitely very few didn't...
2: moments of explosion in the match, yes, more explosion at your wedding for sure,
4: true. Um, there. It wasn't a bad match, kind of like Steve said, um, but I think when you think of All Out and the mystique that this pay per view holds, you're expecting something special. And Brian Danielson, of course, like has not had a bad match in AEW up to this point. I would say um, Jericho's been kind of going back to his Lionheart persona as of late, which I think is really cool. Um, they could have done a lot of really cool stuff with this match. I don't, I don't really know what happened if they just. You know, wanted to keep it old school and as technical as possible which is always good but those matches can be great unfortunately this one just I don't think was so um and the finish really caught me by surprise too seeing Chris Jericho win uh at the same time probably shouldn't have caught me total, totally by surprise based on some of the things he said on Dynamite recently Daniel Garcia's involvement all that kind of stuff so yeah Jericho gets the win but There was a moment later on, I think, in the pay-per-view where he and Daniel Garcia backstage have a little bit of an argument. So they're continuing to build that storyline where ultimately I'm sure we'll see Garcia decide to leave the Jericho Appreciation Society for the Blackpool Combat Club. But we're just not quite there yet.
2: Right. Yeah, good for Jericho. You can tell he was taking the stuff seriously. He looked in good shape but didn't really have the gas good on brian danielson for making them look good um uh, dude's transitions are so smooth and yeah they put on a great show i guess i read the gear is kind of a tribute to their ecw or wcw day uh too so you know that was cool fun for the fans nice little easter egg charlie were you bored with this one too or uh, were you into it
1: it's okay i mean it was there yeah <laughs> same yeah
2: cool and I think that's where my mind was uh, wandering. I was like, man, I can't wait for that House of Black. Uh,
1: it was kind of slow, uh, yeah. It, was, it probably should have been, like I mentioned you were there, I was like, this match should have probably been earlier in the card for the pace yeah, that they definitely. were going.
2: Yeah, I think so. If they would have put it on at three, maybe even two, and have yeah. uh, Kenny and the Bucks go on after, but I think that would have been a better placement.
1: They should have had it the kick in the first match, and now you have to point for it. <laughs>
2: Right, yep, yep, that's true. Yeah, none of us got that extra point. Uh, but the extra point was in the House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro match, or what I'm calling them MSD. Um, we like another pro tip: uh, when you go to a AEW show, if you partake in recreationals, a great time to do them in the show. If you get them in, is during the House of Black. Because the place is totally dark, there's smoke going anyway, (laughs) everybody's attention is deflected all over the place, so if you needed a little something-something, it's a great time to do it. And uh, it really helped us finish strong. This was the second-to-last match. I mean, no joke, fellas, and women listening to this podcast, if you ever go to the Now Arena, the upstairs, there is little to no foot room, leg room up there. So you're like sardined in there. My knees, my legs, my feet were just cramped. So um, a nice little uh, House of Black intro served very, very well for to get the attitude up. And this was a great match. I mean, if there's anybody that deserves more credit and I think is the MVP of All Out, I think it's got to be Sting. This guy just delivers he, he was the badass of this whole match. It was a three-on-three match, but I thought Sting was the most interesting piece. The guy's been doing it for so, so long. I was the only pick, uh, person that picked House of Black. Why? Because I thought they got dogged in the Trios tournament in an early exit, and I ignored the Alistair Black drama. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was work. All the other fellas picked MSD, and they are so correct, and I'm so stupid to pick House of Black. Because um, Sting... He's just the good luck charm. The dude just does not lose. So, yeah. MSD, congrats, and
4: bigger congrats to Sting. What did you guys think about this one? I thought this was a really good match. Um, I don't know if – I think there's two things wrong with it. One, I think we've come to expect so much from Sting. And to your point, Mike, yeah, Sting was the star of this match. He always is. He's always got the best spots. At the same time, though, They didn't really surprise me as much as they have in some of his other matches. So this one didn't really land quite as well, at least for me. And then secondly, I think its placement on the card, kind of like a lot of other things on this show, could have been better. I couldn't tell you, honestly, where on the card I would have put it. You know, you mentioned Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho and how maybe that would have been better suited earlier on in the show. I think maybe this would have been a good match to follow that. Um, and then maybe you put Kenny and the Bucks on right after and just kind of keep building the intensity and the momentum of these different matches. I could also understand, though, I think part of the reason they booked it the way it did uh, was because they wanted CM Punk and John Moxley to have all the energy going into that match. So I kind of understand why they booked it the way it did. they did because I think as a whole it was good, but I don't think any one match really helped the one after it. I think Kenny and the Bucks really just shined um mm-hmm. at least for a little while until the acclaimed and swerving our glory came out and from there the crowd was just like okay now we want the main event so everything in between in my opinion kind of got lost but i think if i were to go back and rewatch just this match on its own it's a pretty good match but again nothing specific that really stood out tony seems
2: to really like to put sting in that's in that uh Second to last spot. He did it before I think it was at full gear or revolution, one of those. Uh or could I mean or double or nothing. I'm talking on my ass, I guess, on this. But I do remember it was like the Texas tornado match, it was like second to last. I maybe he they use Sting as like that guy where you just you know, you gotta stick around, stay in the seat to see. I don't know. Or get them get the energy back up for the main event. But I'm with you on that. Was uh, I know Sting's your boy, Steve. What'd you think of your uh, one of your heroes?
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, you, you're almost coming to take it for granted now, but I think, yeah, I'm waiting for there to be a time where he kind of flubs and he hasn't, which is nice. I mean, they're just they couldn't book him better at this point. Um, obviously, I picked the result. Um, kind of didn't do a whole lot with the Miro thing other than he just didn't like being with them. Um, obviously, the big rumor and speculation and innuendo as malachi black might be taking some extended time off Mm -hmm. um so it would make sense that he took the pin and all that if so and i know you guys were there did you see it he gave like he blew a kiss yeah
1: yeah yeah we walked up the ramp It was kind of yeah it was kind of they were done now the faces walked out and like he kind of slowly walked up the ramp blew a kiss and did like a bow thing well there was a story
2: There was a story going on on the screen that was supposed to. I forget who was even on the screen, but they were trying to build a story for yeah. something coming up on Dynamite, and Malachi actually stole the attention away from that, uh, for the and live the crowd, crowd was totally focused on him. Yeah, for the yeah. live crowd. So it was kind of like he kind of played spoiler to that, uh, whatever was happening on the screen. And it worked because I don't even remember what it was. And <laughs> it was cool. because I partook in the recreationals at the House of Black intro. So, That's
1: cool. I, I hope he gets the time off and gets his shit yeah, together and comes like back whenever he's ready.
3: Yeah, he's going through some mental health issues and stuff. He's 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 a cool dude. I hope he figures it out.
2: All right. So we just ran down every single match except for the main event. Enough talking. Let's get to it. It was CM Punk versus John Moxley. There was people that were sitting next to us that came all the way in from Ohio to cheer on their boy from uh uh yeah, John we Moxley. Far. But and honestly the chance for CM Punk were there there was a John Moxley presence in that crowd. I'd say it was probably 70-30 as the match went on and Moxley started doing well. It it went to 60-40. Uh but Every time John Moxley's name was chanted, people tried to cover it up by chanting CM Punk over it. And you could hear it. So, it's not like the dude stole the show in CM Punk's hometown home arena. But, man, John Moxley is over, and rightfully so. He's having a great year, put on a great match. But he's just not going to overtake CM Punk in Chicago. That's just not going to happen. And we all knew that. We all picked CM Punk. Uh but this match it was it was pretty cool. Um I thought I thought going into the crowd was cool. And uh obviously the crowd goes home happy, they saw their champ win. So yeah. Thought it was a great job. Nice uh promos cut on each other leading up to it. Did the uh match lift up to the hype in your opinion? Matt, yeah. Charlie, Steve? Yeah, I mean yeah, I think it, yeah, it uh, did yeah, it's like, I think yeah,
3: they did a lot of really good work, like you said, building up to it. And I think it was just a nicely told as tends to be anything with Moxley and Punk lately. It was a really nice story, a lot of uh, aggression. I mean it's I like, uh, yeah, it was I good.
1: Like, I like how it started quick where Punk got the GTS on him and it, right you know, no it was away. Like, oh, that was shit. sweet. Yeah. yeah.
2: That was very cool.
4: Matt, did you have any opinions on this one? Um, yeah, not really. Honestly, um, this match, I mean, everybody said it was a really good match. And honestly, I, I think at this point, I was just starting to get tired and i <laughs> you know, lose my focus on this particular match, but it's long. It is long. There wasn't really any particular spot in it that really caught my attention. I mean, of course, it's a John Moxley match. So Punk was covered in blood pretty early on. Um, and we did see, oh, yeah, Max we saw, him. We saw him, him
1: bleeding too because he was down, yeah, he was we're on like, our side, yeah, yeah, of course he, he was. Threw, he threw him in a turnbuckle, and then we're like, he's like down against the apron. I'm like, is he bleeding? Then all of a sudden, yep he comes up bleeding.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It's like Call all up. the
1: stuff you can't see on TV, you know,
4: interesting, yeah. I mean, so, like I said, pretty straightforward. Like, if you've seen either of these guys wrestle before, you know what you're getting into. There was nothing really memorable from it, um. Minus the finish, of course, which was CM Punk again becoming the AEW World Champion. But then there was a pretty interesting development after that, which I'll let Mike talk about here momentarily. Well,
2: yeah, there was some pretty big high drama after the match. Uh, There was a big altercation. I think it was between CM Punk and, was it Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega and the Bucks? Or what's going on? I didn't read the article. I was busy working all day.
1: Adam Hangman, those guys were down. It was Punk Omega. It was Omega in the, bu- Omega in the box came, to, came kicking the door to Hangman, to Hangman to Punk's dressing room and kicked the door down. He came in, and that's where the altercation happened.
2: Why did they want to do that?
1: Because he was, you uh, didn't see the um Scrum-media
2: Scrum Media Scrum? No. Oh, wow.
1: gosh. Jeez. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch, the, uh, you gotta watch the scrum, bro.
3: I mean, I guess to summarize it for those that yeah. haven't watched it, um, I'm playing the role as the listener that didn't
2: also watch okay. the scrum. You guys so, have to play it out for us.
3: This dude, like, the, you know, the first question, the first reporter that like asks a question, doesn't even get his question out, and Punk goes into the whole thing about Colt Cabana and how. You know, that guy means nothing to him. He's kind of trashing him about how, you know, he's essentially kind of been a leaker and this and that. And then he, he got pissed yep. off that these so-called EVPs, like were spreading a rumor that Punk uh, got him demoted to Ring of Honor. And yep. he was trashing Punk or he was trashing the Bucks without directly said, saying their names. He was trashing Hangman. He, he did say Nick.
1: He didn't say Nick. And he said these yeah. EVPs can even run a target. Yeah. Like he he was trying a target. Yeah. He
3: trashed Hangman, said that Feel you know he, bad. He,
1: he, bad. he, he said yeah.
3: all that shit. You know, he, he he went back to this promo in May where oh, Hangman was talking man. to him about, you know, you say you're for workers' rights, but we know the what? real you, like when the cameras aren't rolling. Apparently that promo, which you can go find online because it was in the ring with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Punk's claiming then you know that part was like off script and kind of oh, like left kind of left punk hanging. Um and then So then, you know, Punk did what he did a couple weeks ago where he called him out as like a receipt, but then yeah, Punk just kinda went off profanity laced with with Khan just kinda awkwardly sitting next to him the whole time. And uh yeah, it was weird.
1: Yeah, he called him simple minded. He called he went off on page about him not taking advice from you know veterans and he know like seems like he knows it all he called him a simple-headed and he yeah. was just he just it's worth the watch for just that it was a part.
3: scorched earth he was just he, ripping he on like keys yeah and then yeah so i mean this this he fight out that Brian happened Alvarez,
1: you know, he tried to call Alvarez out he called out Nick Houseman which is a reporter saying yeah you know he's like uh for the same is his name Scott Colton is it, i think that's it's Scott, Scott Colton, Col-
3: yep yeah, he's it's like, fun. yeah.
1: Did you work? Did you work comedy with him? And he was just going in on him, just from the beginning. He was, going you know, it's in funny though.
3: Him. It's you know, I, I can't claim credit to this. I was listening to Busted Open, but it's like the guy didn't even get a question out, and Punk's like, you know, you guys keep bringing up like, no, the only get one that bad. brought up Cole Cabana was Punk. Oh like, yeah, he, and yeah, I get a why he's pissed. That, yeah. I, I, I get why he's pissed because this story just won't go away. But it was like, dude, you 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 brought it all up. <laughs> Yeah, the night, kinda, the night you won the title, yeah, it was crazy. And yeah, just now, puss.
1: I mean, I yeah, I think he puss. just
3: boiled over. But I like- mean, if. You- depending on what you listen to, there wasn't just a fight, but Ace what's his name Ace Steele allegedly yeah. threw a chair at one of the young bucks bit oh, bit Kenny Omega. there's like you know now there's rumors which Charlie saw I don't know if it's been disputed or not. I I don't believe it until I see it for more, but I saw a couple articles that punk me I gotten injured during the fight. We're going to yep. find all of that out soon. But um, yeah, you won't the latest, find out tomorrow they're not gonna and be again, it's, I think it's from Meltzer and um, some of the other ones that do not expect to see the Young Bucks, Kenny, or um, um, Punk at the show tomorrow. They think they're not going to nope. be there. And in fact, they said that Moxley and Jericho weren't scheduled to be there tomorrow, but now it looks like they will. So um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Brian. Right
1: Brian Alvarez I gotta... said he'd be amazed if he if well he said he'd be amazed if the Bucks and and Punker if the Bucks and Punk are still with the company. The Bucks too. All, yeah, when it's all said and done. Well, I don't yeah. know. Uh, th- those guys can investigate. I wasn't there. I don't know. But they said, you know, the Bucks went into he they kicked his door down trying to get in his room. Yeah. You know, Punk's wife was there and as well as Ace Steele's wife. Who has like a broken leg or something, so it's like mm. they yeah, I don't know. I mean I love the young bucks, but they shouldn't they shouldn't have went to the guy's room and should yeah, instead
3: yeah, if you're if you're executives you you should take yeah. the higher road.
1: I was like I was listening to a guy today, he's like, those guys are million they're all millionaires. What what do they getting into this little squabble for, dude? they're all fucking millionaires you know so it's stupid it's
3: just nuts yeah it's like and i don't know yeah there's people i mean again i you know me of all people i hate the rumor mill with uh, pro wrestling but i'm just i'm just reporting the rumors at this point nothing more but you know yeah. there's some people saying that like there's like well, large nu- large number of the AEW roster that's like if punk doesn't get fired for this it's bullshit and like yeah. I mean I, who knows what's going to happen at this point? Alvarez, but
1: Alvarez says he expects something be something to be said about what's going on before Dynamite tomorrow
3: I gotta yeah. tell you the funniest thing a buddy of mine Larry um was talking earlier today and he said that um The cool, you know, whether they mention this tomorrow or not, regardless, it would be pretty amazing if the show starts with uh, MJF sitting, like, you know, sitting in the middle of the ring, like, and then go into a promo, like whether he brings it up or not, but just does a little bit of a, you know, he's kneeling and they're sitting in the ring like Punk did with his pipe bomb, just as a little kind of nudge. I don't know if they do that, but it'd be pretty damn funny.
1: I'd I'd rather have him come out to that fucking devil song again. Mm -hmm. That was great. Didn't put his promo off that. Really that. Yeah. Come out with that devil But it's, <laughs> damn it's damn interesting. It's
3: damn interesting because, you know, MJF's big master plan was to go back after Punk. If Punk's not there and they don't know what they're going to do with them, what's MJF going to say tomorrow? Yeah, I just that's... hope
1: they can work it out. I'd hate to see any I of I hope so.
3: I mean, leave. come on. These are like, yeah, you like you said, they're millionaires. AEW has got so much going in its favor. It's like, can fall, you guys just good. fucking yep. figure it out?
4: Yeah. I think you guys are right. It's, I mean, Punk is such a draw for AEW that I can't yep. imagine him being let go. I mean, yes, and I the understand, Bucks like, too. right? You know? And this is a pretty extreme situation, but I have to imagine they're all going to work it out because the Bucks. I mean, they're they're EVPs. Punk yep. is the number one draw and the they're champion. Draws, and just know? got back from an injury. So the last thing AEW needs right now is him to disappear on another hiatus for a while. So. I have to believe they're going to work it out. Um, as far as the MJF thing and him returning, I, I got to ask you guys, since you're in the building, so the match with Punk and Moxley ends. Punk's parading the belt around the ring. Lights go out, or at least it cuts to a video on the screen. Yep. And then you see the scarf appear. And oh, then yeah. the so music good. hits. And on TV, the pop sounded insane. It was loud, but, bro. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> in the building, it had to have been... Up there, as far as like, uh, oh, it's probably
1: would you say it's the loudest of the night, Mike? Probably besides uh, Punk, they were close. Let,
2: well, let's just put it this way CM Punk, um, just won the AEW World Championship in Chicago, and all the cameras were pointed towards the ramp. Yeah, Mike, so, yeah, Mike saw it. Too. Mike's
1: yeah, Mike was like, "Dude, something's gonna happen on the ramp."
2: Oh, not well, not just the, you? not just yeah. the, pro- yeah. I, I mean, I said that because I saw yeah. the production camera, but I'm talking people's camera up. phones. Like everybody's phone was oh, pointed okay. towards yeah, yeah. the ramp because they just wanted MJF, and it was the hottest pop basically of the night, and that's yep. saying something because, yeah, this is supposed to be CM Punk's swan song, basically, and <laughs> yeah. It 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 was just incredible when he flipped that scarf up. Oh yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> it was great. Oh, yeah. And that great. and then it made me uh, thank the myself dude. that I did warm my scarf dude. for six yep. hours. <laughs> 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 and I ended I ended up taking it off because it was just too damn hot up on uh, the second floor. Yep. But when it when it happened, I put it back on. Of you did. And I waited, and I held it like I was at an English Premier League game. Like how they <laughs> just stretch it out, and yep. oh god, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was such cool. a I fun night. I knew
1: something was going down. Well, because I was like, the match got over. I was like, Mike, they got five minutes left, so something's going down. They're like, right. and he's like, Mike's like, dude, the cameras are pointing towards the ramp. I'm like, oh shit. Yep, I was like, it's gonna be good.
2: Yeah, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just really what if like see um i'm sorry mjf has like this kind of another layer to his personality because that devil mask it was just so cool like the dude doesn't <laughs> yeah. need it and it was very cool like you said um but wouldn't it like if he went on like a Quakeen phoenix like joker like he had like a split personality or like he had like some mental thing like where he's almost like a serial killer like, say, like, he's a loose cannon, but, like, he could really do some crazy stuff. Like, and then he does some dangerous, you know, violence well, on TV heard... that you just don't expect out of the guy. It might be, like, unreal. Well,
1: I, heard... I heard this. I heard this. I don't know if it's true or not, but they were saying that this might be, like, um, uh, MGF's like, New World Order team with that crew he's got going. Cause... Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, I don't know, I, I could I don't know what the relationship is with him and the, the, the Austin, or Billy Gunn's kids. boys? Yep, yeah, but he, but he hired, um, he hired Cass for that fight, and I don't know what the relationship with Lee Moriarty is. I'm sure they're all, it'll all be explained out, but, and uh, he, I guess he's got some kind of relationship with all those guys in his new faction, so that's, mm-hmm. that could be real good. Uh, Hopefully to help Lee Morati, I guarantee it's going to help the ass boys because they're smart asses. Mm And with and with MJF, they could they a year a year from now they could be like the acclaimed because we saw the slow rise of the acclaim
4: and see
1: where they are this year. You know, this could help MJF could help them become you know the hot tag team for next year. True. So it could be really good.
2: Yeah, two uh, like antagonizers that the ass boys are with MJF. Yeah. They're going to be the most annoying trio on the planet, yeah, cause which could be that, good yeah. trio uh, competition too, maybe Cause in chances, the future.
1: Because chances are, um, uh, those guys are the Clay will get the titles either at the um, Arthur Ash show or at the Newark New York Newark, Newark pay per view. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be at the Arthur Ash show.
2: I can't wait for the Arthur Ashe show because that's MJF Stomping Ground and yeah, that's makes, when the story's really going to turn It's Going to
1: heat up, yeah. Big time. We'll have to make, we'll have to make T- Punk do the job to give the title up then and then let him go. <laughs> who knows? We
2: will see. We will see. But we also have to see who the King Booker is after this full uh, rundown that we just did. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep the kayfabe um, on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. But before we do that, we got to get to promo of the week. And it comes to us from, let's see here, from New York, actually. Huh, funny enough, we were just talking about the Arthur Ashe Stadium. This is from Tommy. He's like, I started listening to your podcast last year, and you guys make me remember some of my old favorite wrestlers. As a kid, I was a fan of Jimmy Snuka, and he submits an insane Superfly Jimmy Snuka promo. So, thank you, Tommy. Thanks for submitting that one, and we're going to play it for you, so everybody let's listen to jimmy superfly snooker
1: ladies and gentlemen will be superfly jimmy snooker one-on-one with the cobra clutch specialist sergeant slaughter what about it jimmy it just seems like that vinnie that everybody just wants to cripple me somehow just seems like that somebody just want to put me out of professional wrestling just seems like that they want to treat me like if i'm some kind of an animal Seems like they want to take me in the back of some warehouse and try to treat me to teach me some lesson into my mind. Well, Sergeant Slaughter, you might be right in your way. But you got to remember one thing, brother. I am not in your category as far as the army way of thinking and knowledge of your mind. This man has got totally a different knowledge and a totally a different thinking according to where you think. The only thinking that we're going to doing, brother, is right inside there.
2: Yeah, brother. You gotta love it. Jimmy Superfly Snuka. One of the great high flyers of all time.
3: Just don't just don't focus too much on the murder allegations.
2: Exactly. <laughs> if you uh, didn't tune into the Dark Side of the Ring episode, he should be still your favorite wrestler. Uh, he should
4: be. I, I remember watching Jimmy Superfly Snuka as a young kid, and that spot where he comes off the cage with the splash is... Freaking epic. I also thought it was interesting how he never wore shoes. He was one of the first yeah. wrestlers I remember watching who did that. Yep. Yeah, Definitely. That's, why I,
1: that's why I riddled us the word of shoes. I'm like, man, I don't know how these guys can wrestle without shoes, man.
4: I don't know.
2: Well, we're going to take it home for you, your fans. Thanks so much for listening again. So, the records shape out as this at nine and five, Steve Grobeschmidt. Got a little unlucky with some of those picks, with the Dark Order, Starks, the Acclaim. Didn't get any bonuses, but thanks for playing, Steve. You did great. Matt, for not having a discussion, not being able to use kickouts or participate in some of the extra points, you came in at nine and four. Still very respectable.
4: A little preoccupied, but I'll take it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I had some stuff going. had some personal stuff going. You were yeah. the Malachi of the week.
4: A little bit.
2: Well, for next time, now you know. So, there is an 11-3 and 3 record on this card, and it is held by both me and Charlie. Oh, we tied? Oh, I didn't think we tied. We tied, yes. Damn.
1: Yes. I thought, you were so, gonna... I thought you had it.
2: I thought I had it, too, but I really messed up with Jungle Boy, uh, oh, wow. and I messed up with uh, House of Black, and we all messed up with Brian. So, Yep. Oh, you know yeah. what? We'll tie. So, this is the first draw that we ever had on Keep the Kayfabe. And um, I I don't know if there's really a fair way to do it because we didn't establish just... any rules on a tiebreak before.
1: Maybe we'll have to see the card for the Arthur Ashe card and then pick from there or something.
2: That's what I was thinking too. But maybe we can talk about it off the air. Yep. But um, as in wrestling, uh, when there is a draw in a championship match...
1: Don't change uh, titles. No changes. There
2: ha- there's no changes. The title no goes changes. to our nine and five champion, Steve Grobschmidt. So this officially gonna-
3: makes me the Gender Mahal of Champions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to win outright to be the King Booker. So we have to work that much harder. We have to be that much smarter because we can't have an ending like this, guys. We need to. Nobody's <laughs> ever picked a perfect card either, by the way. So there's a lot That's of room for improvement impossible. on Possible. I work. So, so yeah, that's I'm okay with that. I mean, we saw a great show. All, All Out is still literally like my favorite week in a ball time. Oh yeah, it is so fun. I was I'm gonna always gonna try Mike to go too. if I can.
1: Yeah, I was gonna tell Mike too. The crowd was totally different than it was Wednesday. It was like you could just tell it in the air, tell it from the fans. It was just a smarter, better wrestling crowd. It was just like I'm like, this is way different than wednesday night and then he, all the chants going everything i was just like it was just a wholly different crowd and another thing that another note from the crowd i forgot to tell that me my t-shirts fucking these guys are just making a oh. killing they were 35 bucks wednesday and they were 40 Ooh. on on sunday i was like you motherfucker. <laughs>
3: is that how much i owe you
1: yep you know yes dude yeah I didn't. I, oh my God. It shows how cheap you can be. I was like, wow. that extra five bucks stopped me from buying another t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was my cutoff, dude. I was like, I am not paying 40.
2: Oh my God. The money that is thrown around there for these oh, this, this merch is just insane. insane. I mean, you see people's bags, and they're just. Dude. It looks like <laughs> Santa's sack.
1: <laughs> it's insane, dude. There was a huge line after the show. And me and Mike yes. sat, we stayed in our seats for a while to let people clear out. And then I took a piss, and then it was still, we weren't, it wasn't like we just ran out. It was like probably 15, 20 minutes, wouldn't you say, Mike, before we started heading down? Yeah.
0: I'd and there was so. still a
1: huge merch line. Still huge. Yep. You wouldn't, you yep. would, it wasn't just walk up and get your stuff. You would have had to wait probably another 15, 20 minutes in line to get your merch. And, and we And how long did we stand in line in the beginning, Mike? We're probably there a good half hour yeah I'll be a, yeah i'd say so because we got to our seats right when the show did we get to our seats when the show started we missed one match okay yeah so by the yeah. time we got, yeah, so we missed i mean we missed a little bit but we were like but yeah we stood in line for a while dude we went to the upstairs merch booth you know so there's two there were two areas
2: and uh i will mention you think if you think you're smart and you know everything there is to know about wrestling you just go to your all-out show, and you will find somebody that you least expect that know kill more you. about, way more into it, drop more money. We stood in line, and there was a kid that looked like Justin Bieber in front of us. <laughs> the good-looking kid, looking kid. Yep. said he was like, "Oh yeah, I was here on Wednesday, and I was here on Friday. I bought all my shit before, but I might buy some more." Yeah, like, you like you should be yep. like a model. Like yep. what are you doing with all these <laughs> run, mutants all out right now?
1: Yep. Best looking kid in the crowd, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. He made Hook
2: it, he he made Hook look like a he give a run, he like a pimple Hulk face a freak.
1: He could give Hook yeah. a run for his money. they like the yeah. guy, remember the Hispanic guy behind us? He was there before he was going back to buy more shirts. It was like crazy how much merch they sell, man. Crazy. Right. The
2: eight, anyway, oh,
1: we do have one more note, and this is it, Mike. I forgot. They did uh-huh. lower, they did lower the price of the belts from eight fifty to eight hundred, and some of them were signed. So if you were looking for a belt, <laughs> if you're looking for the belt, the next show, eight hundred is a steal. Of, Wait to the day of the show. Don't go. Don't buy it at Dynamite. Hold your wad and buy <laughs> day of the show. The prices will drop. <laughs>
3: <laughs> pro, tip, pro tip pro
1: tip and and mike and i saw idiots with belts all over the place
3: <laughs> easy
0: there were money ton,
1: ton, oh yeah what about oh you should like, we gotta go but yeah remember the guy in the line with this mike the kind of oh, yeah. goofy guy he was oh, like yeah. walking so proud with his fucking belt <laughs> he <laughs> was would... the biggest dorky looking dude who, who you know could never beat anybody in a fight dude could never beat anybody in a fight. And he's just walking with his mouth like cocky, confident, was, like, don't fuck with me. I get I got my belt here. I'm somebody, dude.
2: He was wearing basketball shorts. Yeah. And Crocs. <laughs> it
1: was it was the craziest look, dude. And glasses. It's just a geek city, dude.
2: Amazing. Geek okay. city. For all of our listeners out there that wear glasses and have belts, we do love you, but...
1: But don't walk okay. khaki. Just, just exactly. wear them.
2: Just, yeah. Just,
3: yeah, in just fact, there's probably, there's probably some advice you have
2: for them, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. What is it, Mike?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, is a... um. It's just three things. You don't need a belt. You don't need a belt to go through.
3: <laughs> That'd be a fourth thing, and More, we don't need that. Four
2: things. No belts. And you, you might need glasses no to basketball. go through life.
1: No basketball shorts.
2: <laughs> but you just all you need is this these three things to go through life it's to keep this in mind it's to stay humble to stay hungry and
4: to stay hard
2: Triple H
4: woo he's back in WWE Staying alive. Staying alive. Staying alive. Staying